This is part six now, and I think our last part on Ephesians 6, 5 to 9, and we turn to addressing the lords or the masters instead of the, the slaves. So he comes to the end of his word to slaves, reminding them that they know that if the slave does anything good, this he will receive back from the Lord. Whether anybody notices it on earth or not, God notices it, and there will be an appropriate reward. And then he says, whether he is slave or free, so he suddenly shifts gears from addressing the slave, and he turns to address the free man. Slave or free, this is true. If the free man does anything good, if the slave does anything good, both receive back from the Lord. So we turn to the implications of that here in this last section. Father, grant us to discern the implications that Paul draws out here of this slave being a Christian and this master being a Christian and the profound changes it brings into their relationship inside this shell that remains called slavery that is so profoundly undone in the middle, that is, on the inside. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lords, do the same. Do the same things to them, to the slaves, ceasing your threatening, knowing that he who is both their Lord and yours is in heaven and that there's no partiality with him. What does do the same things mean? I think it means the slaves were told to obey Christ. The slaves were told to obey as slaves of Christ. The slaves were told to obey and serve as to the Lord. Do that. You, you Lord, you have a Lord. You obey Christ. You have a Lord. You are the slave of Christ. You have a Lord. You are to do good as to the Lord. And not only that, but I think it also means with sincerity of heart, obey Christ, masters. Don't be ones who use eye service as people pleasers. Oh, you think that's only a temptation for the slaves to quickly look like they're pleasing their masters when they really hate their masters or rebellious on the inside and only temporarily please when the masters are around. No, no. That's something that masters are tempted to often with other masters and with their slaves. We all like to be liked. We are all tempted with eye service as people pleasers. So do the same things. That is, don't do that. Act the will of God from the soul. Goodwill. In other words, he's saying, look, I just laid down guidelines of sincerity and guidelines of inner reality and not external people pleasing 
and I laid guidelines down of whole-souled obedience and goodwill obedience. And I'm telling you, those are not just for your servants, masters. All of that is for you. You do the same things. I am your master. You obey me, and you obey me the same way they obey me, from the heart, from the soul, with a good will. I think that's the idea of do the same things to them. When you are kind to them, you are being hospitable and kind to me. Ceasing your threatening. Oh my. What does that mean? And you might say, well, it's obvious what it means. Don't threaten them anymore. But is that possible? I mean, in any kind of relationship, what is a threat? Like if you work for an employer and you come in one hour late every day and he warns you, I don't want you to do that. I want you to be on time and do your work. And you keep doing it. What's he supposed to do? He's going to say, look, um, Jesus says, forgive 70 times seven. And I can do that to you as a person, but I don't trust you as an employee to do the work I've called you to do. And so I'm telling you, if you if you keep coming in an hour late, I'm going to let you go. That's a threat. So what? And that's not bad, is it? I mean, Paul himself said, if they will not work, let them not eat. So what, what kind of threatening is to be foregone here? And I would say something like this. Don't, masters, lords, don't let threatening be your first reaction to a failure on the part of your slave. Investigate. So the first reaction would be talk to them. Why haven't you gone to the river for the last two days to get the water? Answer, because my back is almost broken. Okay, we can get that fixed. You don't start with threatening. Or second, you might talk to the wife or the husband. Is there anything going on? In other words, there's a merciful disposition to try to get behind the failure rather than starting with threatening. Or if it continues, you go to the church. These are these are Christians. These slaves are in the church. These lords are in the church. Church discipline doesn't disappear. So you go to the church and say, help me figure this out. I have a slave who will not do what I've asked him to do. What should I do? And they take it under advisement and they work with the slave to try to bring him to obedience, or it may come to excommunication. And if it comes to the fact that a slave simply is not serving the household the way he's supposed to, then there may, may, there may be some kind of consequence held out. Yes, a kind of threatening. And yet it will be laced with mercy as you try to figure out how can I treat this person with appropriate kindness and yet bring about the kind of service that he is obliged to give. So, in general, I think this means don't build your relationship on threatening. These are Christians, and, and Christians don't build relationships around threats. We don't, right? We don't build our friendships and our, our brother and sister relationships around threats. I think that's the, that's the general idea. And then he grounds why there should be such a transformation in the way masters relate to their servants, their slaves, knowing something. 
He who is both their Lord, the master, the, the slave's Lord, and yours is in heaven. So there's the first thing. You and they have a Lord. That's what we saw here too, isn't it? Whether he is slave or free, he will be repaid from the Lord, implying that the slave has a Lord and the free has a Lord. We're on the same footing. This is very radical. Knowing that he, Jesus, he is their Lord, he is your Lord. So you, Mr. Lord, have a Lord. And guess what? You have the same Lord as your slave. It's the same one. And secondly, he's in heaven, which means his authority dwarfs your authority like the sun dwarfs a pea, a speck. He is infinitely above you, and you, you are not infinitely above your slave. Let that land on you. You are under a Lord, and you're under the same Lord, and you are way under. And third, there's no partiality with him. This word partiality means uh, the lifting of face. Meaning, when somebody comes before a judge, he does not lift their face and say, oh, that's a rich face. I'll let them off. Or, oh, that's a dirty face. I'll find them. Or, oh, that's a brown face. Or, that's a white face. Or, that's a rich face. Or, that's a poor face. That's a foreign face. That's a local face. No. All of it proceeds according to have they done good? The slave, the free, whatever their face is rewarded, receive from the Lord, appropriate to the actual deed, not the face. Which relates back here, by the way, to this. Don't relate to others with eye service. It's never going to work with God. Right? That's what this means right here. This is never going to work when you come to the final judgment. So you better not build your life on trying to impress people with what you're not. Because right here, you're going to be judged not on the basis of what you were able to look like, but rather what you are. And so he's telling lords, look, your status as Lord doesn't count with me in heaven when you receive your reward. And so live now like that. So the upshot of this is that God, in these words, has so transformed the relationship between the slave and the master that a partiality has gone the Lord and the slave are virtually on the same level because God is so high above them, they can't distinguish where they are, whether slave or free. It's what they do to each other that counts. They're obeying Christ, being slaves of Christ, serving Christ. That's what's going to matter. And they both have the same Lord. And so I argued 
earlier, a couple of sessions ago, that what Paul does here is so transform the relationship of slave master to brother, brother, and under one Lord, that what's left on the inside of this shell called slavery is no longer anything like the slavery of the first century or the slavery that we knew in our own country. God undid that relationship 